0: hello and welcome everybody to the seventh episode of the double coverage podcast by the state hornet i am mac irvin the third and joining me again is my good friend and co-host sean Holco. sean how are you doing today
1: Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty
0: good. So today we got we're gonna dive a lot into basketball. You know, playoffs are coming up. There's only less than twenty games, I think, for most teams. It's that time of the year. Yep. It's that time of the year. Everybody loves that run in. And uh, you know, got some questions about the Lakers. Are they really a championship contender? What about the Rockets? Uh small ball lineup. How is that working? Spoiler alert, it's not working that well right now. But for the first, we're going to jump into football, and let's talk about everyone's favorite quarterback, Tom Brady. He is a free agent for the first time in his illustrious career, and he can really choose to go wherever he wants, or at least wherever there's a quarterback needy situation. But Sean, let me get your opinion on this. Do you think Tom Brady should leave New England?
1: Do I think he should leave or do I think he will leave is is a really, really interesting question. It's a loaded question. Let's get your answer to both. Okay, so first, do I think he should leave? Honestly, yeah, I think he should because you look at the Patriots this past year, he had no help around him, and people are like, Tom Brady's a god. He's the GOAT. We know he's the greatest of all time. I'm a 49ers fan who obviously was born before the, the days of Joe Montana or born after, excuse me. Um, but I, I recognize that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Maybe the greatest player of all time, but he is 40. He's going to be 43 years old. He got exposed this past year. He proved this past year when he doesn't have help around him that he can't do as much as he used to. So should he leave? Yes, he should. Will he leave? I don't think so, but we'll get more into that in a second.
0: Yeah, it's it's so strange. You know, Brady's got drafted in 2000. He spent his entire career with the Patriots. So, what is that, 20 seasons almost? 21? It It's a long time to play with one team. And, and one coach. Yeah, and there's something to be said for loyalty that we don't see from a lot of players uh, these days. But I do think it would – I think him leaving would – Show that he can, you know, still perform for other teams and other coaches that aren't Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick clones. Well, maybe if he goes to a couple teams, he'll still be under that Belichick tree. But it would, I think he's, tr- he may be trying to prove to everybody, I can still play at this age and I don't need to be with Bill Belichick in New England. And there are teams out there interested. I know it's funny, Sean, you mentioned you're a 49ers fan. There are rumors that he could wind up say, shut that francisco. shit down
1: <laughs> shut that shit down we can cuss on this podcast shut that shit down
0: it doesn't really make a lot of sense for him to go to san francisco for the player or the team well i mean it makes sense for the player
1: as our colleague at the sacramento b chris biederman said very well in his recent 49ers mailbag Shut up about Tom Brady. He's not coming to the 49ers. They have a guy who was his backup, and you think that the best thing to do after he leads them to a Super Bowl in his first full season as an NFL quarterback, the best thing to do would be to replace him with a guy who's way older than him and probably not even as good as him anymore? That is an awful idea.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, You guys would have won the Super Bowl if not for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? No, it's, it's, it's a terrible take. You,
1: you know, you know I, I can sit here over a month later and I can say Jimmy Garoppolo was one of the main reasons why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl because he did not perform down the stretch. He did not get first downs when he needed to. He would be the first one to admit that. But honestly, I don't know if Tom Brady would have got the job done there. I know that he has six rings. I know he's been there eight times. But the Tom Brady, this old I don't know if I don't know if he would have got the job done. So to automatically say, because Tom Brady has six rings, he's automatically be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't agree with that. I don't think he should be on the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers should even look at him. I think you feel the same way. So now let's get into the teams that it's, is it actual realistic? destination for tom brady if he decides to leave new england because we know that this is the first time in his entire career that he is a free agent and our podcast editor robbie said before we started recording this is like lebron
0: james decision but with tom brady in 2020 and we don't years later and we don't expect this to be a televised event from tom brady
1: you know he tom brady would be the type of guy to like put something like out on twitter or instagram like like a full clip or something that's like super
0: well produced but it, it wouldn't be on like espn so, yeah, let's Where's he going, Mac? It's such a hard question. There are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks this year. I think I think the ones you can rule out right away are Cincinnati and Miami because Cincinnati's picking number 1 and Miami's picking
1: Miami's picking 5.
0: Yeah, so both teams are the top 5. They're going to take quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, you got just looking at the top 5 in the NFL draft, you got Cincinnati number 1, you got Washington number 2, Uh, I believe the Detroit Lions are number three, New York Giants number four, and Miami number five, if my memory serves correctly. Personally,
0: I don't believe Washington needs a quarterback, but that's a conversation for another day. And
1: that's something we talked about last week here on Double Coverage, that they're probably just doing it um, just to try and see what they can get for that second pick, possibly. But anyways, we got plenty of time to talk about the NFL draft coming up in the next couple of weeks, as we'll talk about that for the next month here on Double Coverage. But Mac... Now you've been you've been avoiding the question. I'm um, I'm bringing it back. Where is Tom Brady going? Is he staying in New England or is he going somewhere else, and why?
0: I'm gonna give you two answers because one I think is a logic a logical answer to me would be that he simply stays in New England. You know, I just think it. You just really can't picture Tom Brady in another uniform playing for another team. It's 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 something. It's just it's just such so crazy to the mind to think that Tom Brady could be playing for another team. But if he does leave, if he does choose to find another challenge, I think two teams jump out at me straight away, and it's Tennessee and it's Indianapolis. You no, know, they're both they both have guys instilled as coaches that you know were under the Patriots you know regime. Uh, they're both under the Belichick tree. Uh, f- Frank Vogel, and I'm sorry, Frank Reich is the head coach for. We're gonna get into the, the Lakers Colts. later. You're right. getting excited, but yep. we're gonna still, get into the Lakers later. Still got that in mind. Frank Reich is a coach for the Colts, and then uh, for the Tennessee Titans it's Mike Vrabel. Uh, both of these teams look like Tennessee, especially has the roster. We saw how close they got to the Super Bowl, even with you know Ryan Tannehill Ryan as their quarterback. Ryan Tannehill,
1: who was sent out of Miami because he couldn't even be a starting quarterback in Miami but somehow he's a usable quarterback in Tennessee and that just something,
0: something to be said for escaping Adam Gase.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? But that also that's also a testament to the the system and the foundation that Vrabel has
0: laid down in Tennessee. Yeah, and I think that would be the best opportunity for Brady to go win another championship would be to go towards assuming they keep a hold of uh, Derrick Henry, assuming they do that. That's the big key. And they bring it in. And you bring in Tom Brady, that team looks ready to me to, to be a major player in the AFC this year.
1: They have A.J. Brown, a wide receiver, who they just drafted this past year. They, I believe they still have uh, Corey Davis. I almost blanked out on his name. They still have Corey Davis. So the Titans have a nice team. So, if, so hypothetically, Mac, if he were to leave, you think he might go to Tennessee to yeah. be with Vrabel, his former teammate? I think so. That makes sense. But Will he leave,
0: though? Uh, So hard. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to be boring and say no. I think, you know, I think he's loyal to the Patriots, and I think he'll play out the rest of his career in New England.
1: Okay, so you asked me earlier, should he leave or will he leave? Should he leave? I kind of think, yeah, he probably should, because this way he can really just go prove himself away from Bill Belichick. Because if they retire together, then it will always be like, okay, who was the real – uh, contributor to this relationship. Was it the guy on the field, or was it the guy behind the scenes? Um, so that would be the motivation for him to to go off somewhere else. You know, just because you said you're going to be boring, I'll choose not to be boring. Uh, for the record, I don't think Tom Brady will leave New England, but this is all fun to topic, talk about with hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tom Brady is going to go to Los Angeles. He is going to replace Phillip Rivers in Los Angeles and become the Chargers' new quarterback. He will actually... Fill seats in that brand new stadium that we know is the Ram Stadium that the Chargers are just kind of subletting. Um, so he will fill seats, and that's what the Chargers want is just to fill some seats. I don't know if there will be production on the field, but for Tom Brady, it's kind of just like LeBron James. Going to L.A. for planning your after career life and also just for your family a lot of families are a lot happier in california and in the warm weather on the west coast rather than in uh, new england on the east coast in the cold tom brady's a west coast guy we know he's from the bay area so just for hypotheticals tom brady is going to be a los angeles charger
0: it does just seem a little weird to me that you would get rid of philip rivers you know because he's been kind of on the downtrend he's also up there in age you know with tom brady so to go immediately going to bring in Brady's going to be 43. And even older quarterback. Season. Yeah, you're going to bring him in for, what, maybe two or three years probably, at the most? Yeah,
1: probably two years. And and so that's really interesting, too, because with Philip Rivers, they pretty much uh, agreed to part ways. Yeah. It, was, it was a mutual decision between the Chargers and Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers has a lot of family. We know that he has, like, 11 kids, but he has a lot of family in the Florida area. So he's a guy who you might see uh, joining a Florida team coming up, whether if it might be Tampa Bay or Miami. But... I'm just gonna I'm gonna be wild. For the record, I don't think Tom Brady will leave New England, but if he does, I think he'll go to Los Angeles and just care about care more about his after football life rather than um, currently. Because if he if he just cared about just football and he doesn't care where he lived, Tennessee is
0: is the is the place to go. Right, if we're talking strictly football. Yeah. So there's obviously there's a lot of movement here in the quarterback area. And we'll, I'm sure we'll have a lot more answers to that as we approach the end of the month in the free agency. Yeah, free agency
1: hasn't even started yet. So once free agency starts, we'll start to really get the rumors, and then we'll just eat it like some popcorn.
0: All and right. we'll talk about it here on Double Coverage. All right. Let's move on to the NBA, and let's talk about everyone's favorite slash most hated perennial underachievers, the Houston Rockets. Oh, my gosh. So— with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they have really decided to try to go all out this year to win the championship. And by doing that, they also got rid of all of their big men. So they don't have a player that's playing consistent minutes that is taller than six foot nine. Oof. And this strategy has really worked out for them, not so much in the... Uh, recent results they're currently on a four game losing streak including last night they lost 126 106 to the orlando magic a 20 point loss to the orlando magic when you're trying to be a major contender in the west sean is this small ball lineup is what houston doing is that sustainable or productive in the long in the short or the long term
1: well we know that Daryl Morey the Houston Rockets general manager just is trying to change the world he's trying to change the game of basketball and he tries something new every year and this This year
0: this year he tried uh, imposing self exile from the basketball world oh my
1: let's not even get into that (laughs) anyway so Daryl Morey is always just trying to change the world uh, and change the basketball world by just being an innovator and coming up with new stuff and initially it might work as we saw the very first game that the Rockets win with this lineup they won in LA against the lakers and that was a big boost for them morale wise but mac let's be fair you talk about the the rockets are on a four game losing streak that's true but they still currently are in first place in their division they're at 39 and 24 only one game up on dallas but they're still in first place and let's be fair before this four game losing streak they were on a six game winning streak So it's starting to balance out a little bit. But to circle back to your original question, do I think that this is sustainable? Hell no, it's not. Because just like we saw last night against the Magic, where the Magic have big guys like Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, um, Nikola Vucevic, their all-star is the main guy who they re-signed this past offseason. When teams have size, they just feed their big men, and they play old-school old basketball, and that is going to be the Rockets' uh, weakness in the playoffs. So I I think that this will work well enough to get them a top-four seed, but will it work out in the playoffs? No, because what do the Rockets do every single year? Regardless of if it's Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, I don't care. The Rockets burn out in the playoffs every single year. But, Sean,
0: they're not going up against Gold State this year, so they have a chance.
1: Oh, If only Chris Paul didn't freaking hurt himself in, in, what was it, game five? In game five of the 2017 Western Conference Finals, then maybe they would have gone on to the NBA Finals, but that's all hypotheticals, and I don't care because if the refs never cheated in 2002, the Kings would be NBA champions, but we're not going to live in the world of ifs and hypotheticals.
0: And I'm just trying to, I'm also trying to find a way how the Rockets are going to blame this on something else other than themselves because we know they love to do that a lot. Yeah, it just—I uh, agree with you. It doesn't they're going to come up against teams in the playoffs that have big, tall guys, and they're not going to be able to play defense on them? Like, if, imagine if this team gets to the finals. Who's guarding Giannis?
1: Oh, that—that that ain't happening. Uh, PJ Tucker will be stuck on him. Robert Covington will be stuck on him. Um, but just—just just to play devil's advocate here, because we're both pretty strong Houston Rockets haters at this point, so I'm just going to try to be a little nice. I hate it on Russell Westbrook. Big time earlier in this season. I even went as far to say that I didn't think he deserved to be an all-star this year. But since the Rockets have started this small ball lineup, the thing that they have been doing really well on is driving to the basket. Guys like Russell Westbrook have a wide open lane to where he's just driving in the paint. There might be one big guy standing right there in the center, and he just has to challenge him and just try to rise above him. And because of that, Russell Westbrook has been extremely efficient over the last month or two and I got to give him his props for that because he was a guy who was shooting like 25% from the field and he's been doing a lot better. So I am I am impressed at how the Rockets have been able to utilize Russell Westbrook because a lot of people think as he gets older he's just going to get worse cuz he won't have that explosiveness anymore but I'm impressed how they've been able to use him but will it work in the playoffs?
0: No. And I've, and how often can you keep doing this before other teams, you know, find you out and expose you? You know, you talked about them, you know, kind of balancing out. Now, are teams starting to figure them out? Are they starting to expose their weaknesses and i i just don't think it's um, it's not sustainable for them and i think they're going to get found out really quickly we could be looking at an early exit for houston this season
1: yeah i think so i i definitely think that teams are learning what to do because i talked about how they went on that six game winning streak and then that first loss that began that began this four game losing streak was at New York against the Knicks. They lost to the Knicks by two points, and that's a bit of a gut punch losing to the New York Knicks, even on the road. But then in the next game, they returned home to Houston, and they got shut down by the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, everyone on that team, Patrick Beverly, locked up Russell Westbrook. And they really exposed them. And to me... I don't know if I would put a lot of stock into just one regular season game, but for me, you get that whole Clippers team versus the whole Rockets team, and you really got a preview of what would happen in the playoffs is that they would just lock them up, and they would just play elite defense. They shut them down, and they hold the Rockets to only 105 points, and that's a recipe for a 4-1 series victory.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, looking at the rest of the schedule, you know they have Minnesota on Tuesday, Lakers on Thursday, and then Portland this week. Looking through the rest of the schedule... I see dates with Dallas, Milwaukee, Philly, uh, Golden State. Um, hopefully, they won't play spoiler this time, but who knows? You know they get Yikes. Steph Curry back. So,
1: well, we found out on Saturday he has influenza. He came back for one game after he had that broken hand, and then suddenly has influenza. And we found out on Saturday from the shade room. Shout out to the shade room.
0: <laughs> Did not think that was real when I first saw it, but it was real. We All right. Man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
1: <laughs> Still can't get it over that we're getting our news from the shade room. <laughs> Stu's gonna listen to this and he's just gonna shake his head.
0: Well, you know what, you get your sources where you get your sources.
1: Shout out to our faculty advisor, Stu Van Arsdale. All right, Mac, we got we got a minute left in this segment. Any final thoughts on, on the Houston Rockets and this small ball? Because we can both agree it's not gonna work out in the playoffs. It's not sustainable. These coaches get paid a lot of money, especially these defensive coaches, to be able to scout against these teams. And we saw it with, with a team like the Orlando Magic who are barely holding on to a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. The only reason why they will make the playoffs is because they're in the Eastern Conference. But the Magic aren't that good, and they, they made the Rockets look like scrubs. So final thoughts on the Houston Rockets and their small ball style play?
0: I just think it's good. they're going to struggle for the rest of the year and – I, I can't see them making it deep in the playoffs with this with this kind of roster playing this kind of basketball. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. They got a lot of cling, a lot of clingers, as you described them. People that are trying to get into that last seed of their respective. Are the Kings one of them? Yes, they are. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. Next Thursday, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them, and uh, I'm not really sure. It's going to be hard for them, that's all I'm going to say. So
1: I don't really even care about the rest of the regular season for the Rockets because we both know that they're going to probably make the playoffs. So I'm more interested... Barring a catastrophic... Yeah, it would have to be a major collapse because right now the closest team to making the playoffs um, is the Pelicans and the Kings are both four games out of the eight spot. And then... The Rockets, they are uh, ten and a half games above the two teams that are tied for the ninth seed. So they would have to have the biggest collapse almost in NBA history to miss the playoffs. Right. If
0: If the playoffs were to start today, they'd play the Denver Nuggets
1: uh yes they would so they'd play the denver nuggets who would be the three seed and that would be very interesting especially with high elevation so they might play the denver nuggets they have size with the guy like nikola Jokic, and then you look at the oklahoma city thunder they have size with Steven adams you look at the jazz they have size with rudy gobert so the rockets are gonna run into size in the playoffs and they are gonna probably be a first round exit because of this small
0: ball style of play but hey Daryl Morey will come up with something next year. Oh, boy. Let's hope not. <laughs> let's see how much more money he can cost the league. All right. And uh, moving from one first-round exit to possibly another. What? Or- <laughs> what?
1: Oh, we got a hot take going on. Let's go. Let's do this. Well, Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Well, maybe not another first-round exit if you paid attention to them over the weekend. I am talking, of course, about the Los Angeles Woof, Lakers. Been- the Los Angeles Lakers have been as hot as hot as you can be. They are 49 and 13, and they just had two big wins over the weekend, beating the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Sean, there were questions as to whether this team was a legit playoff contender, or, I mean, not playoff contender, a legit championship contender, with obviously easy teams like Milwaukee and the Clippers and the Celtics even. After this weekend, do you see Lakers as legit championship contenders? Without a
1: doubt, without a doubt. And uh, as a Sacramento Kings fan, it's like it's like biting my tongue, like wanting to 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 say this, but. You know, the Lakers, they have played extremely well uh, as of late because we know that that game against the Clippers, um, that was supposed to be scheduled, I believe, for January 28th, but then we know Kobe Bryant passed away on January 26th, leading to the game being postponed until April. But since that, since that day that the game, uh, or even since that first game back, because we know that they lost to the Trailblazers that first game back, the emotions were really high. But since that Trailblazers loss, the Lakers have had two total losses, and that is covering the entire month of February. Here we are 10 days into, nine days into March. So the Lakers have been playing excellent as of late, but I didn't put too much stock into that, because coming into this weekend, they played two of the teams that they really could see at the finish line. At the Western Conference Finals and at the the NBA Finals, they played the Milwaukee Bucks at home on Friday. They won one thirteen to one hundred three. LeBron James dominated. He had thirty seven points. It really then,
0: looked like they were going to they were struggling that first half of basketball against the Bucks. The third quarter was something else, man. For the Lakers, they came out and they put the hurt on the Bucks. Exactly,
1: and I ended up missing that game because I was covering Senior Night for the women's basketball team on Friday night. So I was telling you uh, this weekend that I got home and I watched the nine minutes of highlights, and the, and that was that was good enough for me. But anyways. They handled the Bucs. They took care of business because we know the Bucs beat them in Milwaukee, so they didn't want them to give them the series sweep. Then they played the Clippers, who had already beaten them twice this year, and this was even more important. And the Clippers, they were doing pretty well. Paul George had an awesome first half yesterday. But then the Lakers, they controlled the entire second half pretty much. The entire fourth quarter they had the lead. And the stat is, going into last, uh, last yesterday's, fourth quarter. The Lakers were 41 and 0 when they had a lead going into the fourth quarter and they led for the entire fourth quarter and then they ended up beating the Clippers 112 to 103. So they just beat two of the best teams in the NBA. I don't know how you could argue against them in their championship pursuit.
0: Yeah, it's very pretty disgusting for us to as uh, fans watching this Lakers team do what they are You know, I I'm
1: over it. I'm over it. I'm, I am over it i have become I'm trying to become more of a unbiased sports journalist, so I'm trying to just eliminate my hatred for the Lakers. It's
0: also hard to believe because they clinched the playoff berth after they beat uh the Bucks on Friday. It's hard to believe Lakers have been in the playoffs for 7 years. It's it's just crazy to believe that they snapped their yes, duck.
1: since since that Dwight Howard team yeah
0: and Dwight Howard's back
1: and they were and they were I know right that's crazy Dwight Howard has been on both of the Lakers most recent playoff appearances <laughs> and I remember that that 2013 team with Dwight Howard and that was supposed to be the super team with Steve Nash Kobe Ron Artest uh, Pagasol. What, what a failure that Dwight was. Dwight Howard what? I mean it, maybe if they were if they got together like three years prior that would have been just that a it would have been if that would
0: have been uh, it, the Miami Heat. Three years ago, if that, if that happened, three maybe years even more. That. Yeah,
1: because you got you pretty much got five All Stars mm-hmm. in the starting lineup. I don't know if Ron Artest was ever an All Star, uh, met a world piece, but you can find that out as uh, as I continue to to ramble. But anyways, the Lakers haven't made the playoffs in seven years, and fans are crying and crying and crying. It's been so long. Meanwhile, here we are in Sacramento and we can double that
0: with 14. It's almost like, it's almost like they know nothing about pain. Just going off of your prior point, Metta world peace was an all-star once in 2004.
1: All right. So that is a starting five of all-stars right there. So that could have been um, really vicious, but anyways, Mac, the Lakers, they are championship contenders. I don't, Want to discredit anyone else in the East, but with the way that the Sixers have faltered a lot this year, they were really like that second
0: team that was really supposed to battle Milwaukee. I know you were really high on them on your radio show. I believe you picked them to go to the finals. I,
1: yeah, I sure did. Thanks for bringing that back up. Um, I picked them to make it to the NBA Finals, but with the injuries to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and then the, the the road struggles that they already had, even though that they beat the Kings in Sacramento this past weekend, the road struggles that they already had. I just don't think that they were going to have success in the playoffs this year. So for me, it's really Milwaukee coming out of the East and then it's going to be one of these two LA teams and the Lakers proved this weekend that they can beat them both.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of people were skeptical on LA, especially after last year, you know, they had LeBron, but they didn't really improve on much They actually finished behind Sacramento in the standings. But I mean, listen, any team that has LeBron James is going to be a championship contender pretty much. And I mean, you look at this roster, they have a good roster there. Anthony Davis, has been on almost another level this season like he couldn't wait to get out of new orleans he's been playing his ass off that's 10. all folks <laughs> but yeah. but you also look at uh players like avery bradley he had 24 last night he look, stepped up big yeah you look, you look dwight howard rondo kcp uh, kuzma they're all doing their role so this is a legit team like they're a cohesive unit and i think they have a really good chance of Taking it to the Clippers, we might get a seven-game Western Conference Finals at this Ooh, rate.
1: I hope so, and I know everyone at Staples Center hopes so too, because all seven games would be played at the Staples Center, oh, which is man. which is just like an LA fans' wet dream. Uh, but, anyways, I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, he is really the the true uh, he's really the true factor in this because. We know LeBron James is as great as he is. He has proved this season that he is still MVP worthy. And I think after this past weekend, we heard the chants yesterday in uh, the Staples Center of all the Lakers fans at the Clippers home game chanting MVP for LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think that it's really between him and Giannis now, especially with the way that the Rockets have start to, started to falter again. James Harden, get out of there. You're not going to be in it for the third year in a row. So it's really between LeBron James and Giannis. And I honestly kind of hope LeBron wins it. Wins it Not only the sentimental value, okay, do it for Kobe, just like They want to win the championship, but also because we know that LeBron James could pretty much win the MVP every single year, but he, it really comes down to Rachel Nichols of ESPN says this, it really comes down to best season. And there's only so much LeBron can do to just already top his best because he's already the greatest. Yeah. So I would like to see him win MVP this year because he's definitely been deserving. But Anthony Davis is the real key factor when it comes to that series, which we
0: hope we will see between the Clippers and the Lakers. You think he has a shot of being that third guy in there that, you know, is just in there just because we have to have three finalists for the MVP?
1: Anthony Davis? It would be Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Giannis? I think so. Because Anthony Davis, I I heard this on sports radio while I was driving home this past weekend, Anthony Davis has made Made LeBron James better and not only has he made LeBron James better but he is getting every single ounce of LeBron James because we know he's been a little reserved in past years um, those last couple years in Cleveland he wasn't really playing defense when we know he could have because he was trying to save his energy for those long runs but Anthony Davis told him at the beginning of the season if we're going to do this we're going to do it right we're going to play defense and LeBron James he has given him every single bit of him and I find that really respectable but when you think about matching up in the playoffs who can match up with Anthony Davis on the Clippers? Yeah. Because you put Kawhi Leonard on him, yeah, he's an excellent defender, but he just has that size advantage. He can hit the step-back fadeaway. And so Anthony Davis is going to be the reason why the Lakers make the NBA Finals, if they do. But for to answer the whole question to this entire segment, yes, the Lakers are championship contenders in 2020.
0: I mean, I think they're easily better than almost every other team in the west except maybe yeah, there's a shout for the clippers there i think they're beating every other team in a match in a hypothetical matchup i, mean, I agree looking at, the re- looking at the rest of the standings you see the nuggets the jazz the thunder the rockets they're gonna they're gonna blow out whoever gets the eighth seed and uh, also something that we failed
1: to mention is that the lakers this year before they were really like gelling on the court and like picking up wins every single game they just, they've already said it on record several times. DeMarcus said it, DeMarcus Cousins said it before he got cut um, just because of trying to clear a roster spot. But they just have amazing chemistry on this Lakers team. Yeah. They're having fun just being around each other. And when you have that type of chemistry, you want to do anything for the brother next to you. You don't care about your points, you don't care about your turnovers. All you care about is winning. And the Lakers have an awesome chemistry,
0: something that the Clippers may not have.
1: So that's going to come in handy come June.
0: Yeah, the Clippers have a lot of skill players, but they're, they're, they don't mesh up quite as well as the Lakers do. They have a lot of people who are willing to kind of like accept their role you know, my dad and I were talking about that. I promise we'll get him on one day. I know we've mentioned it. I know we've talked about him a lot, but I hopefully promise we'll get week. him on one day. Hopefully. but uh, you Mac know.
1: Irvin the second, Mac <laughs> Irvin Jr. I mean, you, look, on.
0: you look at uh, teams like the Heat and the Clippers when LeBron was on them. They had players who, you know, were willing to do their role. Players who were just willing to the, step back. The Heat back. And Cavaliers. Cavaliers, yeah. They have a lot of people who are willing to step back and just kind of let other people take the ball and be – the hero, so to speak. Everyone was standing
1: around and watch LeBron when LeBron would want to be the facilitator. Right. Which he, which he he was playing point guard yesterday for the Lakers against the Clippers, and he was a magician out there. And he continues to prove that he's more like a Magic Johnson than a Michael Jordan in his all-around game. Even though we're always comparing Michael and LeBron straight on, LeBron is a way better passer than Michael Jordan ever was. So I think until he retires, we won't actually appreciate all of his game until then, which is a shame but I'd like to like start mo- now. Like most
0: goats in the sport.
1: Yeah, and it's sad, but we got the time now, so I just want to just share my appreciation for LeBron James, and I think he should win win the MVP.
0: And speaking of time, I think it's about that time you and I leave.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the seventh episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. For my partner, Mac Irvin III, I am Sean Holco. If you want to check out more Double Coverage content, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, StateHorned.com, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to tune in next week for episode number eight next Monday. They have been,
0: they have been as Sean has another laptop malfunction on double coverage. No, that
1: was a timer. That was a timer telling me to clock out. That one <laughs> All right. Thank you, Robbie.